Welcome to the Scaling Japan podcast. I'm your host, Tyson Batino. And on today's episode, we have Miho Tanaka on for the second time. In our first episode together, she talked about what type of government money was available for startups. And in today's episode, she will tell us more about Sapporo City and what they can offer for startups. She is currently working as a startup visa leader for Hokkaido. And the reason I wanted to focus on this subject of startup cities is because more and more Japanese cities are developing programs to support and attract entrepreneurs and startups to move to their city. And Sapporo City is one of the pioneers in this space. And I wanted to interview someone directly involved to share about what type of support they provide and what makes their city unique. So whatever the case, I think you'll learn something unique about Sapporo and startup cities in general. But Miho, it's good to have you on the podcast again. And could you please introduce yourself? Thank you so much for having me, Tyson. So I am Miho, currently working as a startup visa lead in Hokkaido. My job is attracting a lot of international startups to Hokkaido and also organizing some events in collaboration with several um, ecosystems in abroad. So currently we are strengthening the ties among um, Nordic countries. So we visited Norway in the spring and we are also going to Denmark and we are going back to Norway again to also like build up our community together. I know you had a big event, a tech barbecue, I think in January uh, this year. I will make it to next year's one, I hope. Yes, yes, yeah, you have to come. And next time it's going to be much bigger. So yeah, you'll definitely enjoy. We are also planning to do a lot of crazy stuff during the week. So you have to come. <laughs> uh, excellent. Yeah, it's only a two hour trip for me. Last year I was down in Aichi for 500 Global. We'll see how this year goes. So we've also interviewed Fukuoka City, so I think the listeners have a little bit of an idea of a startup city, but I want to start off with what type of industries are you looking for, particularly in Hokkaido? So Hokkaido is targeting mainly agri-food tech startups, also space tech and green transformation related, so basically renewable energy related startups. And the reason is uh, one for the agri-food tech, Hokkaido is the food basket. Hokkaido like occupies 25% of the land in entire Japan. And also Hokkaido produced uh, 25% of the food for Japanese people. So Japanese food sufficiency rate is only 37% on calorie basis. But Hokkaido's food sufficiency rate is 206%. So Hokkaido is like exporting more food for these populations and feeding food for 30 million people. So yeah, Hokkaido is a very um, important area in terms of food security. That's why we want to also focus on agri-food tech um, space. In the second one, space tech. So geographically saying Hokkaido is the best location to launch a rocket. So, and <laughs> I heard sometimes it's uh, even better than Florida because oh, wow. uh, on the east side and south side, there is no island. 
So we can just like launch a rocket and it's just gonna go to space. It's recently created a place called HOSPO, Hokkaido Spaceport. And it's the very first initiative in Asia where all the private sectors and public sectors can collaborate to launch a rocket together to accelerate the space innovation. So it just launched like, like last year, I think. So it's going to um, grow. And the third one, green transformation. I think Japanese people like to say GX for this. <laughs> yeah, Hokkaido has a like, big land. So we are attracting a lot of energy producers, especially renewable energy like wind, solar. So we are trying to attract more foreign investment to accelerate this ecosystem as well. I heard about it maybe last month about Hokkaido being the only place that is self-sufficient, but there's more of a promotion of Hokkaido since I live in Hokkaido as well now, but I've lived all over Japan. I think it may be four different prefectures, five different prefectures now, but I think the food quality in Hokkaido is just the best. Yeah, I have the same experience. I moved to Hokkaido last year. Until that time, I've never thought the food quality is that bad in the other part of Japan. After Hokkaido, everything changed. Oh, yeah. Just getting hungry thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) So I think probably the next question that people are interested in is, what support or incentives do you offer to foreign and domestic startups? So in Hokkaido, I think one of the strengths we have is, how to say, we have a big land, but we have kind of solid and small community. So once uh, we get into the community, it's very easy to find the right people and right decision makers and stakeholders. So I was surprised everything moves very fast here. Just because we are in a mindset that we have to make something happen. So yeah, it's actually easy to make something happen in Hokkaido. And of course, like technically, we also uh, provide subsidy, this like incentive to attract more uh, companies to Hokkaido. But I think the best thing that we can all get is like the closeness with all the stakeholders, I think. Talking to a lot of entrepreneurs, I think that's the biggest challenge, especially if you're doing B2B or involved with the government. You know, as a startup, you can't wait two to three years just to get one customer. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So I was working in Tokyo for the last five years and I heard from so many entrepreneurs that they had to wait for six months to just get the first NDA signed. So that's what I all hear in Tokyo. By Hokkaido, uh, we helped some startups like that has only English speakers, like non-Japanese members. Of course, the startup was amazing, but they signed like two NDAs in two months with some oh, wow. of the biggest Japanese corporates. And I was also like amazed that all the Hokkaido like corporations, of course, like depending on which ones, but they are so supportive. They try to move things forward in collaboration with government, of course. So that was almost the first time that I saw things move very fast for startups. And I think one thing that people doesn't know as well is that Sapporo actually has like more than 2 million people. It's like very close to Nagoya, very, very close. 
exactly yeah it's actually a big city <laughs> up north what are some other support and incentives you offer to foreign and domestic startups for especially foreign startups especially those getting startup visa in hokkaido we support soft landing subsidy because like moving to a different country always costs a lot so we provide up to 300,000 japanese yen with 50% coverage and these startup visa holders from abroad they can cover half of flight ticket and housing rent up to 3 months and also all the shipping cost if they need to send some stuff from home country so that's a very i think useful subsidy i think many municipalities offers mm-hmm. this uh, like office subsidy like subsidy to cover office rent but we really found that uh, entrepreneurs all need to reduce the cost to like secure capital so they don't really want to pay for expensive office rent at first so we thought like it's nicer for them to cover flight ticket and these costs that they really need to pay from the beginning and i was so grateful that sapporo city was like so carefully listening to what really these like founders need So I really appreciate all of the help that we got from Sapporo City. Yeah, until they can get the cash flowing in, you have to be very cautious with your expenditures. Mhm, exactly, yeah. Okay, and next, what type of incentive support do you offer to maybe foreign corporations? As Tyson mentioned, we organized Tech Barbecue Sapporo. That was the uh, main kind of community building support that we offer. So last time in one day we had around 180 maybe 3 people joining mm. and all of them were very like international focused so we could create a very good community there and yeah we are organizing a Hokkaido Innovation Week next January from January 29th to February 2nd so mm. we are trying to invite more local companies that want to collaborate with foreign startups and foreign companies so we are trying to have a lot of open innovation opportunities there so that's going to be a big kind of opportunities for this uh, new upcoming uh, startups and also Japanese companies gotcha and yeah can you tell us more about the startup visa as well Yes, so we digitalized everything last year. So I think Hokkaido was the only government providing this like digital system for startup visa holders or startup visa applicants. Also we enabled to process everything in English. So these startup visa applicants do not need to uh, work on Japanese document. So that's I think enabled us to attract more international startups. and i think that was only possible because the government people really understand what startups need one of the government members who led this initiative was originally working for startups so he really understand time is important startups don't have time to like spend for a lot of like paperwork <laughs> so we try to do the best for this um startup founders Excellent. And uh, how I approach running my business too, it's a task. Does it add value or does it, is it non-value added? And anything paperwork you do for the government that provides actually, unless it's providing money mm. in terms of subsidy, it's almost 100% non-value added work. 
the more time that uh, founders can focus on value-added work, you know, doing sales, the more likely they are to succeed. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So is... Yeah, we have to minimize all this uh, non-value-added work. <laughs> <laughs> how long is the startup visa for and what is like the maximum you could renew it? In all over Japan, it's still one year, I think. So technically saying um, all the startup visa holders get six months visa designated activity number 44, and they can renew it for another six months if need be. And I heard maybe it's going to be extended for two years. I mean, like the startup visa period will be two years in the probably next couple of years, but it hasn't been officially decided yet. And I think it's really important to have the very first investment prior to applying for a startup visa. Then they can think of hiring uh, Japanese nationals and also like they can secure their initial capital. So I think it's very important, especially international founders, to uh, secure the capital first and land in Japan. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. if you are a business and you're considering Japan, but you don't want to invest in getting staff in Japan, I would say it usually doesn't work out. And mm -hmm. so just based on my experience uh, for those wanting to enter the market, it's best mm -hmm. if you're willing to make that level of uh, investment. Yeah, definitely. Tyson is the best person to listen to, like how to scale the business and how to enter the Japanese market to start with. So. One of the common challenges I see with my consulting clients is not having any staff internally who can drive marketing strategy and execution to the next level. This really limits the growth trajectory of a company, especially for a leader like you that wants to go from 30 million to 500 million yen a year and does not have the time to spend years learning through trial and error. To solve this problem, I'm launching a marketing agency that can help companies like yours to increase leads and closing rates through SEO, Google Maps, content marketing, and websites that convert. Head over to scalingyourcompany.com and book a free consultation. Let's talk about what your business needs are, where your current strategy is letting you down, and how we can help you see real results with the methods I've successfully implemented at multiple companies myself. Now, back to the episode. And uh, I think you also told me that there's a soft landing subsidy as well for foreign corps. Yes. So that's mainly for startup visa holders coming to Hokkaido. So it's up to 300,000 Japanese yen and they can cover flight tickets, shipping costs, and also like initial payment for the housing agencies, such as like deposit money or this, uh, this money. And also they can cover hotel fee because they cannot just move into the long-term apartment. So we can also cover this like uh, short-term accommodation fee. And yeah, we can cover up to 50% of the expenses and up to 300,000 Japanese yen. Cool. Yeah, I think in our case, we're talking here, like when we were talking about startups and like corporations, like I think for startups we're talking about really early stage and like so even we're talking about foreign corporations right now it could ref also refer to a foreign corporation that's a startup you know like maybe you might be a seed stage or a series a stage company exactly yeah also in terms of startup visa holders i think most of them are pre-seed or up to seed mostly 
because um, if they're uh, already stage A, most of them can already hire Japanese national. So they don't need startup visa. We mostly face pre-seed startups if they're holding startup visa. Gotcha. Do you offer any support or incentives to maybe some of the listeners, they have a business in Japan already, but maybe they're considering Sapporo as a new home base because the city is getting bigger and bigger or like a satellite office. Do you offer any incentives or support for that? POC opportunities, proof of concept opportunities are the ones that everybody can target in Hokkaido. And Hokkaido wants to be the test market for all these uh, new companies and companies trying to do something new in new market. So for example, we had some like AI startups or also some aqua farming startups trying to collaborate with Hokkaido municipalities. So in collaboration with government, we offer several types of uh, POC opportunities, kind of like programs, about six months program, so that Mm -hmm. uh, we can connect them with the right partner in Hokkaido and they can actually test their product in Hokkaido. So I think you mentioned one company that was able to get two NDAs pretty quickly. Are there any success cases of a foreign company or startup who set up in Sapporo or Hokkaido? So we are still like new ecosystem. So we are still building uh, uh, new success cases. Well, in big scale, uh, one of the Danish companies is building a wind power generator. Ah. In, yeah. So that's the big one. And for the smaller scale version, some food tech startups are trying to enter Japan. And one of them is working on mycoprotein. Like they're producing mycelium. They are producing mycelium-based protein using uh, waste water, or we call it side stream water, or byproduct produced from like food processing factories. Mm. And Hokkaido has a lot of food processing companies, like for example, beer industries or yeah, all this um, like sugar producers and also of course like meat or daily product. So they focus on Hokkaido market and they entered first before going to Tokyo. Uh, interesting. Uh, any other cases you'd like to share? Hokkaido University is, uh, as everybody knows, a big university. And also we have over 40 universities and college in the entire Hokkaido. So we see some ed tech startups and also HL tech startups that wants to either train these like young generations or trying to like give some job opportunities for these new graduates. So I think especially for foreign entrepreneurs, they already have their like network in their home countries. For example, uh, there are lots of like amazing engineers from India. So using their ties, I think they're trying to build some platform where these like, young generations can uh, get benefit from. And uh, also, I'm kind of curious to learn a little bit more about Sapporo as well, since I'm only two hours away. But 
And also, I think it'll be interesting for the listeners because it's really hard to find information like, you know, like what, what's the difference between like Nagoya and Sapporo? Of Tokyo is obvious, but I'm kind of curious, like what's unique about Sapporo City for people really thinking about moving their whole business here <laughs> or starting a business here? I think、uh, Sapporo City is becoming a technology hub within Hokkaido because, for example, as I mentioned, their agritech hub. Space tech hub, but it's not within Sapporo. They need a big land to do anything. So, they are, for example, in Obihiro or Tokachi area, like that, in the center of Hokkaido, where lots of like, big farmland are available. So, I feel like most of these like, tech engineers they develop this product in Sapporo because it's easier for them to find great、uh, engineers and tech talent in Sapporo. And then, if they need to test some ideas, they often go to a lot of like、uh, local areas in Hokkaido to actually test out their products and services. Of course, like there are a lot of startups outside of Sapporo, but still, Sapporo is the kind of center of this startup hub, I think, at this moment.、So、that's why we also want to collaborate with a lot of cities. So, that these startups can also get startup support regardless of where they are located in Hokkaido. I think also you told me that Sapporo and Hokkaido they're pretty open minded to outsiders. Could you tell me more about that? So, I think、uh, even for me as a like, Japanese, <laughs> I thought Sapporo and Hokkaido people are a bit different from what I saw in mainland Japan. So, people easily accepting new ideas and also new people. So, I saw they're very open minded. For example, I'm originally from Kyoto with almost like 1,000 or 2,000 years of history. So, if somebody c o m e to Kyoto as an outsider, we are like outsider forever. <laughs> Hokkaido. <laughs> like,、um, once we get in and once we try to actually collaborate with a lot of local people, they are so supportive and they try to like mingle a lot and they are also friendly. Like, I think Osaka people is the most friendly <laughs> people in, the, in Japan, but also Hokkaido people are very like friendly, even we are like don't know each other. We can easily talk. And also, we drink a lot together. <laughs> so, the Sapporo beer is amazing. So, during the like Nomikai, we can also make friends and have a lot of、uh, good members in the community. Yeah, and I found one thing that surprised me is I met a lot of people, especially in business, who lived in Tokyo. Like, they're from Hokkaido, but they've lived in Tokyo. So, It was pretty easy to connect with both ends with them since we both lived in Tokyo. And maybe that also makes a lot of people pretty open because、uh, they know how hard it is to live in Tokyo sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Also, I found in the last couple of years, these Hokkaido people originally working in Tokyo, they started to come back to Hokkaido to actually accelerate this、uh, ecosystem building activities. So, They were working in a lot of big corporates or also like very like、uh, scaling startups in Tokyo. And with that experience, they come back to Hokkaido 
if you're coming to Sapporo, I think most of the founders are based in Sapporo, so it's nice to have a event together. Oh <laughs>、uh, yeah, this will be joining this year. <laughs> <laughs> And I was also kind of curious, like,、uh, so I think in general, there's some differences in like the people, the culture, but how about business culture? What are some interesting things you've seen? Business culture, I think it's very trust based. So, I think the entire Japanese business culture is considered as trust based, but I clearly see the difference between Tokyo and Hokkaido. In Tokyo, it's still trust based, but it was kind of transactional and like financial based. So, I would say it was a very contract based relationship. But in Hokkaido, they really care about like which people to work with and how much trust we can build. So, I wouldn't say that's time consuming or anything, but still, like how we approached to new people for the first time is very different. Like, we don't talk about money at first, and people even like don't like to talk about money first, I think, because we really want to see the fit first, what kind of value they want to bring, and what kind of value we can create together. So, I think even the startups that I'm supporting is very different. So, in Tokyo, everybody was talking about scalability. Of course, it's very important. But in Hokkaido, I think all the startups are closely looking at the problem, social problems that they really need to solve. So, for example, aging population, for example, environment footprint. Like in Tokyo, I didn't see so many startups looking at these social problems. But in Hokkaido, because of course Hokkaido is going 10 years faster than the other parts of Japan in terms of like aging population. So everybody really needs to think of how to solve these issues. So I think, yeah, startups focus seats are also like there. And actually, agree that people here speak with the、uh... I'll say TV Japanese. <laughs> Or like the, the, the Japanese that you learn in a textbook. Yes, that's very, I think, important. And it was very easy for me to also like get in. And because like I speak Kansai Ben, <laughs> so like I always speak in dialect. So I really saw they speak such a very beautiful、uh, Japanese language. And they don't have like unique accent. So like that's why I heard. That's one of the reasons why lots of customer support centers are based in Hokkaido. So many Tokyo companies are outsourcing these customer services to Hokkaido. Thank you for listening to this episode of Scaling Japan. In addition to serving as your fine host, I also provide advisory and coaching services to business owners who want to 2x, 5x, and even 10x their business. So stop holding your company and your team and your employees back and let me help you and your company scale. Find more information at scalingyourcompany.com. Now back to the episode. And it's really easy for me to understand. Yes, I think. What are the city or prefecture's plan moving forward for the next three years? Nowadays, Hokkaido government is trying to push green transformation a lot. So they just decided to put 
30 to 40 trillion Japanese yen for the green transformation. So that's a big amount of money. <laughs> and also at the same time, they really want to create a solid community that unites the entire Hokkaido. So until maybe a few years ago, each city was trying to build their own initiative and all initiatives were amazing. But these initiatives are not really connected together. From this year, we are cl- trying to collaborate more and we really want to create a solid community where everybody can get together and discuss about the issues to solve and come up with a solution together. I think 3 trillion yen is 30 billion, maybe. 30 trillion yen. Oh, 30 trillion. 30, yes. 30, wow. 30 trillion. I think that might actually be like 300 billion. Oh, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So I think like Japanese government decided to create 150 trillion Japanese yen fund. Ah, uh, gotcha. So Hokkaido is like 30 to 40 trillion yen. It's still like has a lot of yeah. like volume. Yeah, that's like 20% of the total budget. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anything else uh, for moving forward? I know it's a very new community, so everybody might get a bit nervous to just tap into Hokkaido market. And also, I think most of them have never visited Hokkaido. It's a bit far, but Taiso and I are already here. <laughs> and once we move here, it's very comfortable to live. And after the COVID, it's so easy to just like work remotely. I'm mean, like, we don't have to be always in the capital city to just work. As long as we have a good community and personal networks, I think it's no problem to like work from Hokkaido. So we want to invite you first and we want you to see the cities first and love the city. And then I want you to come to Hokkaido Innovation Week to actually explore <laughs> the city when the most beautiful powder snow is falling if you like snowboarding skiing that's best timing so i'm looking forward to see all of you there so i live in a city called asahikawa which is the second biggest city in hokkaido obviously you know that but there's about 300,000 330,000 people here and there's actually a direct flight to tokyo mm. so i can get to tokyo i guess all in all maybe in three hours It's only a two hour or it's a 90 minute to two hour flight. And it takes about probably 30 minutes to get to the airport. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I can just leave in the morning and be in Tokyo for like an 11 a.m. meeting. So I was really surprised how convenient and fast it is. Exactly. I was surprised from Kansai to Tokyo. It also takes like almost three hours by train. So the same time. Yes, yeah, so at first I was worried that I wouldn't be able to like kind of network and just kind of be stuck here. But I find it a nice balance of really high quality food. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my apartment is pretty much almost double the size of the one I had uh, down in Tokyo, but half the price and much newer. <laughs> so, it's, for uh, me. <laughs> so yeah, no, for me, uh, Hokkaido has been uh, pretty good for me. I think also you mentioned something about Adventure Travel World Summit. Could you tell me more about that? So it's coming on in September. So Adventure Travel World Summit is mainly for all adventure travel tech companies from all over the world. 
And this is the very first summit happening in Asia. And Hokkaido was chosen because Hokkaido is very good for adventure travel, especially like not only shopping, but like explore the natures, going to forests and go to the beautiful lakes. So yeah, they are coming to Hokkaido. Maybe many cyclists or like maybe motorcyclists as well. They can enjoy the nature. Especially in the autumn time, I heard that red leaves are amazing here. So everybody need to come. Yeah, definitely. And so thank you very much, Miho. And so for the listeners, I'll be interviewing representatives from other cities as well to kind of give you an idea of what individual cities are doing and finding the city that matches and can support you the best. And uh, Miho, do you have any like requests or any last messages for the audience? I first want you to just visit and you see how great it is. So just visit. And if you don't have any reason to come, we have Hokkaido Innovation Week. <laughs> so, <laughs> and what is the date for that again? January? From January 29th to February 2nd in 2024. Excellent. And yeah, I think if you come to Hokkaido, especially Niseko, it's like, you'll be like, wow, there's so many foreigners living here. They just love it. Exactly. Yeah. Niseko is amazing. And Asahika, amazing. And also Sapporo is amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Miho. Thank you so much, Dyson.